This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Go in your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to give you the context to what God is saying to our church and what we're believing together. Also, while you're turning there, can you put your hands together for the video team and the creatives? Come on, making these awesome videos and merch and all the branding of this Vision Sunday. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 1. For second time, I'm going to jump right in and uh, read a beautiful story to you out of the Old Testament. And watch what the Bible teaches us here. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. He said, Mom, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and she told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons will live on the rest. I want to preach a message. You can write down just Vision Sunday title in your notes today. I want to preach a message called Make More Room, Reach More People. And I'm going to explain what these two kind of mandates really mean to our church. Let me say this on Vision Sunday. I've always believed about vision when it comes to corporate vision that if God is saying this to, to us, God is saying this to you. That we never separate the vision of the church from the vision of our life. That when you and I attach ourselves to a community and to a congregation, to a church, what God is speaking to the church, God is always speaking to us. I believe that as you grow, we grow. That there's no difference. Listen, we are only as good as the people that come to our church. We are only as good as the people in our community. We say this all the time. The reason why Zoe is special is not because of the worship. It's not because of the preaching. It's not even because of the connect groups. It is always because of the people that call this place home. We are not here off the sacrifices of people that have to be here. We are only built off people that want to be here. And I love that Zoe has some lean in. Zoe has some people that are in this thing, heart and soul. Zoe has some people that are ready to receive the vision. Now, it's so important that you understand when it comes to vision in your life, the Bible says, write the vision down. Whenever the Bible says, write the vision, whenever God starts talking, we start writing. When God starts to talk to you, you better break out your iPhone notes, break out that moleskin with a Zoe sticker on it in Jesus' name, and break that thing out. You start writing it down. Why? Habakkuk teaches us, write the vision down. Make it plain. 
so that the one that reads the vision can run with the vision. Now, I'm believing that today the vision that God's given Zoe will become so plain. It will be written down in your heart. You will run with this vision, not just in September. Come on, church. But we'll run with it in January, run with it in the springtime, all the way in August next year. Come on, give God some praise today. If you're ready to receive the vision, write down the vision. Come on, somebody make some noise if you're ready to run with the vision this year. We're going to be like the Forrest Gump of Christianity. Nope, didn't work. Okay. Come on, let's pray. Let's believe that God will speak to us today. Jesus, we love you so much. We believe that, Jesus, you are real. You are the Savior of the universe. We ask on Vision Sunday, open up our eyes so we can see you. Open up our ears so we can hear you. We love you more than life itself. We declare that our lives belong to you. We want to live for you. and We're thanking you that you're a God that speaks. God, collectively, we receive this vision. We receive this mandate. We love you, and we are believing as a congregation today that, God, the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers can at least score one touchdown today. God, we're not praying for a win. We know that'd be absurd. We're just asking you for a touchdown in Jesus name. And we all said together, come on, let's give God one more clap, one more praise. We're just, we're not getting greedy. Just a touchdown. Uh, I, I, I really believe this about life. I believe life goes from, from being full to empty, empty to full, full, empty. Just, you kind of just go from, from full to empty. empty. This is just all, all, all of life. Like anybody here, be, you've ever been hangry before? We're all believers. You, 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 you raise your hand. Come on. You, you ever been hangry before? Just like you're hangry. When you get hangry, you're like on mission because you're on empty. And you're like, I got to eat something right now. I, like, I got to eat some. You ever have this feeling? I got to eat something right now. Because you're empty and then, and, then, and then you get full and you're like, oh gosh, it's the best feeling. And you go full for a little bit and then you're on empty and you got to eat again. This is like, this is your car with gas, you know, like you're on full. Ain't none better than a full tank of gas. Somebody say amen. And nothing worse than when you're like, you're on... You, you ever play games with your car like you think you're smarter than your car? Like your car says you got no miles left, but you're like, oh, there's some bonus miles in here. You know what I'm saying? Like this is, you, but you're on empty, but you're, you know you're going to be full. This is, um, this is your bank account. Tell the truth and shame the devil. You never go from like your bank account's full to it's empty. And then you know, like, it stays empty. <laughs> it just, you go from empty to full. My kids, my kids have this toy room. And I'm always trying to go in and get rid of toys because I know the grandparents are going to come into town. I know my son's going to hustle me at Toys R Us. And we're going to get more toys. So I got to get rid of some toys to make room for new toys. I was telling this to Josh Anderson here on the front row. And Josh is a father of 50. And um, kid ain't four. I have four. Weird. Um, and... Um, and I was telling Josh, you know, we, we got to get rid of some kids' toys, you know, because we got too much toys. And, and he's like, oh, every year, first of the year, first thing I do, 30% of their toys goes away. I'm like, 30%? Who comes up with these stats? Like, these percentages? Like, how do you know 30%? Like, only Josh. He's brilliant. He's amazing. I just like, I get rid of the, the toys that I step on. Those are going. Like, but I, I love this story in 2 Kings chapter 4. It, it's, it's a widow with a couple of sons and a lot of debt. She's got no more money and she has no husband. Her husband was a man of God. He was involved in the church and he's now, he's now gone. She comes to Elijah the prophet and she's like, Elijah, hey, um, you, you remember my husband, your, your, 
your co-laborer in Christ. You, you remember my husband was a man of God. Um, my husband's dead, and we've got a lot of bills, and we can't pay them. And the, the tax collect, the collectors are coming, and they're going to take away my sons because I can't pay my bills. I'm coming to the church, Pastor Elijah, and I want to know what's the church going to do for me in my situation. Let me just say this, Zoe. I hope and pray that when people are in the toughest situations, one of the first places they go is to the church. That one of the first places they turn to is I'm going to go to my church and I'm going to see what can my church help me out with. I need some prayer. I need some help. Come on, somebody make some noise. If you're willing to be the church that will help people in need. So she says, Pastor Elijah, what, what you going to do for me and my two boys? I love Elijah. Elijah looks back at the widow and he's like, okay, you need some help? Well, tell me, what do you have? It's amazing to me. A lot of times we want to complain to God about our situation and God will always look at us and go, well, what do you have? Because a lot of times you and I, we want some rescue mission, but God's going to show you, you already have the solution to your problem. I've already given you the answer that you need. I'm not going to bring this in through some helicopter. I'm already going to open your eyes to the solution that you have. He said, what do you have? God will never ask of you or require of you what you don't have. He will only ask you to give you what you do have. He said, what do you have? She looks and notice the defeat of her mindset. Notice how, how frustrated she is in her circumstance. She looks back at Elijah and she's like, all, all that I got is some oil. It's got a little bit of oil. Like, no, she's so defeated. She's like, I just have a little bit of oil. Oil. It's amazing to me. When you get down and defeated in life, one of the telltale signs that we've lost our faith perspective and we start looking at what we do have as less than. But faith always looks at the situation and looks back at Elijah and goes, I'll tell you what I got. I got some oil. I might not have everything in the world, but I'll tell you what I do have. Come on, sometimes we got to stop complaining about what we don't have. Start thanking God for what we do have. Oh, I wish the lady would have had some faith. Said, thank God for what I do have. I got some, I'll tell you what I got. I got some oil. May not be everything in the world, but it's what God has given to me. Come on, Zoe Church. We might not have all kinds of buildings, but we got the El Rey Theater. We might not have all kinds of money, but we got you and I paying our tithes and offerings, giving heart for the house. We're going to go forward and we're going to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We might not have everything, but we got the dream team. We got growth track. We got connect groups. We got Zoe Leadership College. Come on. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I felt like telling myself and telling our team, we've got each other. We got everything we need. She goes, I've got oil. So dumb, right? He goes, okay, this is what I want you to do. You and your boys, I want you to go to all your neighbor's house. You knock on their door. You, you ask them for empty vessels. You go get all kinds of, so she goes with her boys. She starts knocking on doors. This is faith, by the way. Faith says, listen, if you, if you knock, the door will be open unto you. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. This is faith. Faith is by nature persistent. So she, go get some vessels. Go get you some vessels. You need some vessels. You need some vessels. Go get some vessels. So they get all the vessels and they come back to the house. He said, when you get the empty vessels, you come back to the house. The first thing you ought to do is shut the door behind you. Why? This is symbolic. Because when God starts dealing with your life, the first thing he wants you to do is eliminate distraction. 
There's some people in this next season you need to shut out of your life. Not everybody is welcome into the operating room that God is about to do in your life. Sometimes you got to shut the door. Come on, church. Keep out the devil. Come on, am I preaching to anybody this morning that is willing to cut some things off in this next season? I'm, I'm here to do the will of the Father. First thing you do, you shut the door behind you and you start, watch what they do. You create an assembly line. They got all these empty vessels and they just got some oil. That's all they got. All they have is oil. So the, so the, the mom is the oil dumper. She's the, she's the oil distribution. The sons, they, they line up the, the vessels and watch what happens. One by one, they start filling empty vessels, get full. Next. Empty vessels, get full. Next. This is fun. She's like, this is kind of fun. We got an assembly line. She's having a good time. She's filling the empty vessels, filling the empty vessels. Now, watch this. She turns to one of the boys and she goes this is awesome hey son bring me another vessel and the son says mom we um we we ran it we don't have another vessel and it says as soon as the vessel was empty the oil ceased as soon as there was no more room to hold the oil the oil ceased I'll tell you many lives and many churches dry up and don't see the miracles of God because we don't have any place for God to land. Oil in the scriptures is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. This is, this is, this is symbolism. God is saying, I wish I had something empty to pour out my spirit into because I'll fill it to the brim. In other words, God's looking for some lives today. God's looking for a church today. God always looks and finds empty people in which he can fill. The Bible says God fills our mouth with praises. The Bible says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. God's just looking for some empty vessels that he can fill with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody thank God, Zoe Church, that we can actually come before the Lord and we can say, I'm empty today and I need an feeling from Jesus. You can walk into church on Sunday, get filled with excitement, get filled with faith. By Wednesday, you feel depleted. By Wednesday, you feel tired. Don't worry, you can go back to the source. You can drink from the well again, and you can get filled on Wednesday. I love our God. He's always looking for something empty in which he can fill. He's always looking for a vessel that he can pour out his spirit into. I believe God is telling us in 2017, make more room so you can reach more people. I love this. I'm just going to start over here. This is how I see it in my mind. Make more room. Make more room. I need some room. I need a landing place. I need something where I can land, make some space. This is, this is John. John the Baptist. John the Baptist in the New Testament before Jesus ever came. John the Baptist was a forerunner. And John the Baptist told everybody, y'all better listen up. Prepare the way. Make room because Jesus is about to come and he needs some, some space to land on. He needs some hearts he can distribute on. He needs some places he he can make some room for Jesus. Watch here in, in Luke chapter 3, verse 4. It says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I just want to encourage us, church. God is saying to us, I want you to make some room so I can land. Isaiah chapter 52, one of the prophets, Isaiah, he prophesies this very thing. And not doing it in a small, kind of like cheese, uh, 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 um, cheap way. I was going to say the word stingy, but it lost my mind. And um, appreciate the one laugh in the back. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> going to give you a front row seat next week. <laughs> I 
He said, don't, don't do it in a stingy way. Watch what he says. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. And let the stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What's the, what's the prophet saying? He's saying, I want you to make not a little bit of room, make a lot of bit of room. We serve a big God that can do big things. He needs a big place to land. Let me give you a few things to write down within this point. Write down number one. We need to clear the clutter. The clutter in your life, the stuff that is suffocating Christ. We need to make some God space. What is that for your life? Maybe for, for you, you got to cut out some TV time. Maybe, maybe it's too much time on social media. What is the, listen, the thing about being a Jesus follower is I know what I've said yes to, so I know what I've said no to. I love wearing my, my wedding ring. This week on Thursday, Julie and I, we're going to celebrate nine years of being married. Come on, somebody. We made it. Nine years. Nine years. When I wear this ring, it's symbolic that I have said yes to one. I say no to all others. Come on, Zoe Church. We have said yes to Jesus. That means we say no to some other things. I'm saying no to distraction. I'm saying no to some other things because I know what I'm saying yes to. I got to clear out the clutter. Oh, I love cleaning out my kid's toy room and clearing out the clutter in my closet. You ever ever clean out your car? Oh, you feel spiritual and close to Jesus when your car's clean. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's nothing better than clearing out the clutter. You got to clear out the clutter of your soul. Make some room for God in your life. You want to know why? Because I believe this. Write down the second thing. God is into capacity. Say it again for the people in the back. God is into capacity. God always fills the space that you give him. How much of God do you want? Because God is into capacity. God always meets you at the level of your expectation. So if you give him a little bit of room, God is going to take everything he's got. He'll just slide into that little bit. How much of God do you want in your life? Clear out the clutter because God is into capacity. Strength, the, st- extend the tent peg. Make it, make it a big old wide space. I'll tell you, Zoe, we're not making a little bit of room. We're making a lot of room. We're going to the valley. We're going to start a whole other campus. We're making more room in the, in the valley. Come on, right here in West Hollywood. We're making more room continually because I believe that every time we make room, God shows up. Oh, I remember when we first started the church and we started our church in the club. Ain't nothing like starting in one oak. And we, we started, we had 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. And I'll never forget the first few months of the church. You know, we come here. And when we first started, just this little middle section would fill up with people, just bar- barely on the little sides. And I remember one week early on in the church, my wife, she said to me, she said, babe, when, when, when do you think the church will start growing? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I hope soon. <laughs> and little by little, God just started filling our space occupying our space. We had to split off to three services. Every time we launched another service, there'd be a service that was like, oh man, we really need to grow this thing. And, and, and we launched three, we went to three services and they filled up and we launched four services. All four of our services right now are jam packed and we're creating more space in the Valley. We're making more room because I believe any space you give God, he will always fill it. He will always, when you make room, God shows up. I just, I love that. I don't know if you saw that old movie back in the 90s. Remember that movie, Field of Dreams? 
Shout out to Kevin Costner. Like, who shouts Kevin Costner out in their message? Nobody. <laughs> I love Field of Dreams. Remember that old movie, Field of Dreams? Guy in the middle of nowhere, in the, in, in the middle of the sticks, he hears a voice that says, if you build it, they will come. So what does he do in the middle of nowhere? He makes a baseball stadium, and all of a sudden, surely, people sh start showing up. I want to preach to a businessman right now. I want to preach to a parent that needs to make some space. You need to make some space because God is going to fill that space. You need to make some room because God's about to show up. Come on, it's not about right now. It's about what you're preparing for. Come on, the separation is in the preparation, and you ought to get ready because God's about to drop a blessing on your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I feel like telling somebody at Zoe, make some room. Make room. Make room. Make all kinds of room. Get all kinds of stuff cleared out. Get 30% of the toys. Come on, Josh Anderson. Get 30% of the toys out. Make some room because there's about to be a God thing. Prepare the way of the Lord. God's about to show up. And God can't land in the area that you have for him right now. He needs more room. Make more room. Reach more people. In other words, I'm not making more room for a blessing in my life. I'm not making more room just so that I can have room for myself. I got space to breathe. I got room to breathe. I'm making more room at Zoe, and I'm making more room in my life because I know Jesus is speaking to me and dealing with me. And one of the things, one of the signs of a believer is that they're really concerned about other people. You can't be a Christian and be self-consumed. You can't be a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and live narcissistic. But the reason why we make more, more room is only not for us, but it's for other people. Make more room. Reach more people. I, I, I want to be this kind of man. I want to be this kind of follower of Jesus that my eyes are fixed on people that don't know how good he is. They don't know how wonderful. If they only knew how good he is, they'd follow him. If they only knew the true grace, the gospel of grace we've been talking about, they'll follow Jesus' heart and soul. That's why Jesus sat with sinners, because he's like, y'all think I'm a part of something I'm not, and I want to prove to you I'm better than you think I am. You can have in on this thing. I came for broken, lost sinners like you and me. So I'm actually making more room so we can reach more people. I wonder if this next calendar year, God will use you in ways that you never dreamt or imagined in reaching some of your coworkers and friends and family, all because you just made some room to be available for God to open your eyes to show you some people he wants to use you in their life. And I love the gospel story when these guys were walking down the road and, and they got a friend and they're like, man, we got to bring our friend. He's, he, he, he needs Jesus. He needs a miracle. And so they bring him down the road and they, they come to the church and Jesus had just gotten back to town and, and the church is packed. There's no more room in the church for anybody to walk in. And they walk up to the church. It's so packed they can't get their friend in. They want their friend to meet Jesus and see Jesus and get a miracle and so what they do is they, they, again, faith is persistent. They refuse to be stopped, so they actually sneak up to the roof and they open the roof of the place so that the man can be lowered down. Let me just read for context here from the book of Mark. It says, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home and they gathered in such a large number that there was no room left. Not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Watch what happens. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, 
When Jesus, he didn't see the man who was in a situation's faith. He saw his friend's faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he, he wasn't even paying attention to the man that needed a miracle. He was paying attention to the people that had such amazing faith. He said, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. This man received a miracle, not even on his own faith, but on the faith of others. Come on, church. I'm believing that we're making more room and we're going to reach more people and more people are going to get saved. Not because of their faith. Come on, church. But because of our faith that we're believing and we're doing everything we can to go out and tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. This is not a country club for us to sit back and be like, thank God we get our ticket to heaven. Everybody else can go to hell. No, we are going to do everything we can to reach lost, broken sinners that don't have an idea of the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm getting loud in the Sunday morning service because I want to tell you, this is our church. Oh, I just I pray that we'll reach more people, more people that we dreamt of, more people that we imagined. I tell you, you Christianity, I said it last night, Christianity gets fun when it becomes an adventure when you start doing stuff like lowering people through a roof because they need Jesus so bad. When was the last time you leveraged everything you had for somebody that couldn't lift their own voice and help themselves in a situation? We are making more room. Most of us want to make more room, so we're like, oh, I just want to be blessed. <laughs> Jesus, you're awesome. <laughs> Bless my business. <laughs> That's why I'm making room. I'm making room for me and you, Jesus. Jam time, Jesus and me. <laughs> I went to Bible college with a guy. I was like, he was like carrying his Bible and his notepad. I'm like, bro, where are you going? He's like, jam time. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Jesus and me. I'm like, <laughs> see you, bro. All the best. <laughs> I just, I know, I have a lot of issues. One of them is sweat. I just, I just wonder if, if we could be the type of church that we, met, I, I'm going to get emotional. I went to Starbucks very early this morning. I just, I kept on having to get up from my table and get more napkins because I keep crying about this message. That I wonder if we could be the type of church, please, these are not fake tears, this is really me crying. I, I wonder if we could be the type of people that the room and the space that we're making is not so we benefit from it as much as we're used. Because God is looking for empty vessels that He can fill but the feeling is not so we stay full, but it's so we can get emptied out again. Romans, you know, Paul writes about people that don't know God, and he's like, how, how do you think these people are going to come to know this message if, if, it, if, it, if it's not through you? Read, read here in worship team, you can come. How then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not even heard of? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You can write this down as a point underneath this thought. I just, I want to ask you a question. If not us, then who? And if not now, then when? If it's not us, if we're not going to make more room to reach more people, can I just ask you, who are we going to expect to go do this? 
Who, who, who's it going to be? And if it's not now, if now's not the time for us to go do this, then when is it? We're starting a Youth Connect, and I'm really excited about it. This, fr- this Friday night, we're starting our very first Youth Connect group. Jaron and Kristen are here in the front row. Come on, make some noise for Jaron and Kristen. Come on, stand to your feet, you guys. Come on, make some noise for Jaron and Kristen. We're starting our first College Connect this week with Kelly and Aaron. I think Aaron's in the back, but Kelly's here. Kelly, would you stand to your feet? Come on, make some noise. And I, we're starting it because it's like, if not now, then when? Like, do we need to wait a year to reach the next generation? Like young people in our schools, in this city, high schools, middle schools, come on, being bombarded by the enemy. Are, are we going to wait so we can rescue them? Or are we going to go out and we're going to reach them? If not us, then Who? If not now, then when? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, only a fool waits for perfect conditions. I will tell you, there's no better time for your life to make more room. There's no better time for your life for you to reach more people. I feel like telling you in 2017 and 2018, we are coming into a year where we can get empty before God so we can get full before God. And then we're going to get empty again. And then we're going to get full again. And then we're going to get empty again. And then we're going to get full again. And then we're going to make some more room. And that room's going to get full. And then we're going to go and we're going to make some more space. And then we're going to get full again. I feel the presence of the Lord coming upon me right now because we're going to make some more room so we can reach some more people and I just wonder if there's a church in Los Angeles that would lift their hand and say God it can be us God it will be now I'm not gonna wait I'll be the one with the beautiful feet that will bring the good news thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast we hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message to get more information about Zoe Church check out our website www.zoechurch.org or follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.